Greetings, everybody. This is a Travel Addict Podcast, where you can hear candid stories and discussions about business and adventure travel from around the world, with activities such as trekking, diving, camping, driving, cruising, and just plain chilling out somewhere. We talk about lots of experiences in places all over the world, including the grand, the remote, the edgy, the risque, and ones of questionable merit. Education, fulfillment, and wonder enrich our lives. And of all the books in the world, the best stories are found between the pages of a passport. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Malcolm Teasdale here, the travel addict. Hopefully, everyone is doing fine. Uh, With me today is a gentleman who is a bit of a cruise fanatic. (laughs) And I haven't had a cruise fanatic with me before. And funny enough, you probably know I do public speaking engagements on cruise ships, you know, and it's about time I just went on one for pleasure. It's about that time when I don't have to work. However, with me is Greg, who knows pretty much all there is to know about cruising. So I thought, you know, this is great for everybody out there to learn a bit more about going on a cruise ship. So, Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. How are you doing, Malcolm? I am doing well as could be expected today in the searing heat down here. Well, it is what it is. Summer continues. So, Greg, I know that you have uh, been on over 50 cruises, which is a lot. So it sounds like you're a bit of a cruise addict. And, and on top of that, you wrote a book about cruising post-COVID, and I get that. And people are wondering, I guess, uh, what it's all about and uh, celebrate the joys of uh, cruising. And what started you going on a cruise ship? What what was the, the catalyst that got it all started? It's interesting because it was so long ago, and a client of mine in my law practice suggested that we join his group on a cruise. We're talking 45 years ago. And I, I was a little reluctant, and I said, yeah, let's go along for the ride. And we enjoyed it so much that I said, I don't want to do a work-related, but I wouldn't mind trying it again. And then as the years went by, it became easier to take two a year, and now I'm up to four a year. So we, oh. we like to cruise, obviously. Obviously, yes, indeed. And before I even went on a cruise, I couldn't understand why people would go on a cruise, but now I know a little bit more about it. So I've learned along the way and uh, why people do it. Now, you've been on a lot of cruises, and this is a, may seem a, a strange question up front. Ever thought about living on a cruise ship? Oh, if if I was not married, which I am, thank goodness, and my wife is very healthy, uh, we just left a cruise ship where, sadly, a woman lost her husband a year and a half to COVID, and she was traveling alone a lovely, gracious lady, and we spent an enormous amount of time with her, not only having a cocktail in the evening, but dinner, and we've exchanged information, and we're going to try and get together now that we're back on land. Uh, Yeah, I would definitely, I think I was a fish in my former life. I would definitely consider (laughs) living on a cruise ship. Now, it's not inexpensive, but think about the world we live in. Uh, In my law practice, I do a lot of work with elderly people who unfortunately have to go to nursing homes. A nursing home today 
costs about $180,000 a year. A cruise ship to live on for a year, unless you want the owner's suite, which you don't get when you're that old anyway. Yeah. I mean, you can actually live on a cruise ship for about $120,000 a year. Yeah, well, it depends what type of cruise ship, of course. Of course. Different classifications. Uh, however, you know, being on a cruise ship, there's larger cruise ships and there's smaller cruise ships. And I just wondered whether – and now I, I've actually bumped into people who uh, live on cruise ships, at least for a large part of the year. And a couple I met fairly recently said – I started get, we're going, getting off the cruise ship. And they said, how long have you been on the cruise? He said, uh, two or three months. Oh, so you're finally going home. They said, yeah, for two days, pay the bills, and we're going back on. Oh, I run into a lot of people like that. Yeah. So in they fact, should. there's a chapter in my book which uh, I call it nursing home at sea, but I don't mean it in the pejorative sense of nursing home. I mean it in the sense that a lot of seniors tend to cruise as their way of life. Yeah. And we were with the story you just told me is a lady who I renamed Rose Dawson from the Titanic days <laughs> because I fell in love with her and she was 90 years old. And she'd been on the ship between Florida and Bermuda for three months. I asked her, I said, you're going to get off in Bermuda? She says, oh, no, it goes to Bermuda every few weeks. And I said, how long you been on? She said, a few months. And she said, yeah, I'm going to go home to pay the bills at the condo in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> and then I'm going to get back on a different ship. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, it, it does happen. And when I heard that, it took a while to sink in. And then I learned a bit more about it. Obviously. You know, you, you can get weighted on hands and foot. You get a nice room there. You're taken care of. Uh, there's always, a, for medical issues, there's a clinic, or at least they have a doctor on board. They do. And um, I guess periodically you must have seen this where there's been a s serious illness on board and they've had to dock somewhere to get the person off, off the ship, right, or a helicopter on there. And it could be out of the country, of course, you know. I'm not sure if that's a – I don't think that's a common thing. But knowing that, Greg, I mean, does that even worry you at all? You, you could come down with something bad and you might, may have to be dropped off somewhere. Well, there's actually several questions in that comment. Let's start with the fact that nowadays a cruise ship is one of the safest places you can be. They've taken every precaution to avoid a health hazard event occurring. Yeah, They, they test their crew regularly. Yeah. They make sure we're healthy. They do have ample uh, supplies and doctors and nurses to take care of anything. If something terrible happens, well, that can happen at home. It can happen on your highway. Yeah. And it happens every day. They do have the ability to be able to take care of a serious illness. But let's not preoccupy ourselves with that. The good news is I was on a cruise where I thought this lady was a different story from before, where I thought this lady was traveling alone. And we got chatting and I said, oh, it must be hard to travel alone. And she said, I'm not traveling alone. My husband's in the in the cabin. And I said, why is he in the cabin? She said, well, he's so infirmed that I take care of him here at sea. We've been on the ship for four months. We eat our meals mostly together in the cabin. I go to the show at night while he's asleep. I go on the tours that they take you on while the cabin steward looks after him. 
And if there's a medical emergency, they are there to take care of us. And they have all my medicines that I need from. She said, he sits out on the balcony, enjoys the sea. And she said, I'm here as much because he's enjoying it as I am. That's extraordinary, really. But doesn't a case of like claustrophobia come into play here? I've never been faced with that condition. But if I was one of the guys who runs in the agency I deal with for the speaking stuff, he got COVID recently on one of the cruise lines. And he was confined to his room for 10 days, right? Yeah. And they delivered his food, banged on the door, and that's how he did it. He's over it now, of course, but I imagine he suffered from claustrophobia a bit. Can't he need to get out of here, but you can't so because you can find in that small space. Maybe it doesn't bother him or if he come to the realization, well, it is what it is, so I'm, I'm here to stay. I don't know. Well, you want to talk about that? I can tell you something first. Yeah. Look, I – I know of a lot of people who spent days, weeks, and months in a hospital room hooked up to life support because of COVID. That's a pretty small confined area. Yeah. But on a cruise ship, there's a brightness to the whole thing because you're not in a hospital. You're not in intensive care. And yeah, sure, you're confined to your room, but most people get balconies today and almost every cruise ship has become all balcony yeah. because of, to try and eliminate that claustrophobia. And I don't think confinement on a cruise ship is quite the same as confinement either in your bedroom at home or in a hospital. Exactly. There's, a, there's some merit to that. I mean, you're in a hospital with other sick people, of course, and something things making noises that could keep you awake all night. So there's definitely uh, some merit tonight. Yeah, I was on a, a Norwegian ship once. And, uh, it was a transatlantic one, and it uh, it had to go off uh, track to drop someone off. I don't know. I think it was like Tenerife or Madeira or something on the way before it went across the Atlantic. But I've never seen it happen before. But but what you said is that the medical staff on board, that each cruise line is supposed to get some good staff on there. They need to, obviously, because if they didn't, um, their reputation's at stake, or I guess they'd get a bad report about it. So, yeah, okay, well, that's, that's I good. I mean, if, you're, if, if people are worried about that, I, I've been on ships where they did have to detour, yeah. but, but the first concern they have is that sick passenger, and yeah. they're going to take care of that sick passenger right. because they can always make up the time yeah. for the rest of us. We've exactly. also seen a helicopter you know, in the middle of the ocean, have to remove a patient who had a heart attack. Yeah. But it's done so professionally. And they're very good at making sure their pa- their passengers are safe. And, and let's face it, it's so infrequent that that happens. In our daily lives, we're seeing ambulances go by every day. So Yeah, exactly. I don't think you should be deterred from living your life because of fear of something that may happen. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with him. No, it, w- it wouldn't worry me, uh, per se. I mean, uh, you know, I, I go off, off the beaten path to weird places where people say, you're nuts. Well, you know, I, I might die on the job, but at least I'm doing something I enjoy, you know, and um, yeah. as, as you are as well. I mean, obviously, uh, the cruise ships, uh, there's a lot of competition out there, but it's huge business, big business. And there's some massive cruise ships out there, but there's more smaller ones as well which are which are just wonderful so recently you said what well, you went on the regent uh cruise and 
just you don't have to answer this. I'm putting you on the spot here. Now you've you've been on a lot of cruise ships. What's your favorite one so far? Well, I have my favorites, but in the book I try very hard to stay generic. I try not to promote one cruise line over the other. Instead of naming names, let's call it this way. There are big ships that are more family oriented. Yeah. Disney is a wonderful product. Yeah. It's just not for me. I mean, it's, huh. you know, my, if my grandchildren want to go on vacation, good. I don't want to go on vacation with them. I want to see them at home. And then there's so many enormous ships. We just pulled into New York Harbor and there were, besides ourselves, there were two other ships. One was a Silver Sea that had 500 passengers and it was a very luxurious ship. Yeah. Now you go to, right next to it, it was a Carnival that had 5,000 passengers and they had a slide for the swimmers coming down. They had a rock climbing wall. And I looked at that and I said, wonderful. Some families are going to enjoy that. Yeah. And then there was our ship, which had 600 passengers on it. Yeah. And it was, the older I get, the smaller I get. <laughs> now, I agree with you there, Greg. I know like Carnival was always looked on as, in my humble opinion, there's been a sort of a, a party ship for the younger generation. Maybe, I don't know. But when I sailed the Norwegian Epic across the Atlantic, it's like a floating apartment complex. Unbelievable. So I'm there, and it, but it's 10 days at sea, which bugged me a little. So at least I did the transatlantic one, um, which, which, was, which was cool. But there's the adventure cruises, and there's the, uh, the large ships like Norwegian, but there's a smaller boutique cruises as well with just a few people on board. And what you said there, five or 600 people, I mean, that, that's that's a good balance, I think, yeah, because the rooms are probably nicer and uh, the service is probably a little bit better, I think. I don't know. I don't know. So uh, The choice is really up to each individual. Let's face it. When I was younger, I could go on something I could afford. So yeah. it was a smaller room. I do recommend the balcony. I think that helps oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think it helps a lot. And there's nothing wrong with a small room. I have friends who say, I only sleep in the room. I'm going out and being about the ship all day long. What do I, why not, why spend all that money on a suite? But the older I get, the suite has other amenities that you like. Uh, it's, it's nice. It's yeah, I just want to hang out in, in a nice apartment at home. Yeah, just sit on the balcony, look at the view, and it's peaceful, mm -hmm. isn't it? Now, you talked about sea days. I mean, there are passengers who love to get off every single day. They can't wait to get off the ship and go explore, whether it's the Caribbean, whether it's Europe, wherever it is, they want to see something different. The The Eiffel Tower in Paris, they want to get there. They want to get to the fjords, which you do by yeah. ship. I mean, they want to get to uh, the pyramids in Egypt. There's so, so much to see, but we have traveled so much. We actually look forward to the sea days. The sea days give you the opportunity to just relax. We get up early in the morning. I go to the gym. We have breakfast together. I read. Sometimes I write. I go to these uh, lectures that are just yeah. wonderful, the yeah. enhancement series. Yeah. Then we have lunch. Then maybe a movie. And then we, you know, and just enjoy the afternoon. And at night, if you want entertainment, it's all night long. It's all there. It's there, whatever you want. It's just nice to go out for the evening meal and get waited on. 
Yeah. I, I remember being on the uh, the transatlantic one, and the Cirque du Soleil were on board. That's extraordinary. Um, so, you know, uh, the ship was packed, so I'm glad they had some good entertainment. Uh, that doesn't include me, by the way, but at least they had that going on. It's uh, it's fantastic there. This is a seems a weird question, Greg. I met a couple uh, who travel substantial. Well, they go and spend a lot of time on cruise ships, and one of the first thing they said about it, he said, "You know what? We've been to over a hundred countries because of cruising." And I said to them, and uh, they didn't know how to answer this. I said. How many of those countries you went to were you in for longer than 24 hours? And they couldn't answer that. Some places you go to, Cayman, and this could be an example, you go to Georgetown, it's packed with people, sort of a fun area. Oh, I've been to Cayman. Yeah, but you didn't really see the island, did you? You didn't admit the culture, you didn't mix with the locals, you didn't really see what it had to offer. So it doesn't really count. I don't know, that's just my thought. What's your feelings about that? Or probably it doesn't even matter. No, it matters a lot. Uh you're right. If you're going to just hop on and hop off a country, you're not seeing the country. You're no. not meeting the locals. You're seeing what they show you. Exactly. But that taste of that country can be enough to convince you to go back another time. Now, we spent time in Paris because we loved it so much. Yeah. We've spent time in Dubrovnik because we loved it so much. Right. We spent time in Florence, Italy, because we loved it so yeah, much. Yeah, said the our first ta- and our first taste of these places was seeing it on a cruise ship. So you, you kind of make a list and say, "Yeah, I'd like to go back there." England is a perfect example. You you can take a cruise of the British Isles and say, "I'd like to explore Ireland. I'd like to explore Northern Ireland. I'd like to explore the rest of Scotland." Let's say, yeah. It's a great way to get a feel for what you might like to go back to. Exactly, yeah. It's a bit of a taster. Obviously, inland, you're going to see more. But, yeah, you're right. It does does give you a taste. Uh, and unfortunately, but if you did get a bad taste, it may be for bad reasons. Say, well, I didn't like the port area. Shops were bad, restaurants were I'm not going back there again. Well, it may be sort of, uh, could be judgmental. But, yeah, I, I guess that. But I'm one of these people that, would probably, like you mentioned earlier, if the ship stops at a port, I'd want to at least get off, you know, to get off the ship for a while. And I have done a couple of times just to go on a scuba diving trip organized by uh, uh, the cruise line, which is is really good. So, um, yeah, I mean, I understand that, and I understand, you know, what you're saying there, and people just love being on the ship, chilling out, especially the sea days, like you say. And uh, it's a, it's a good thing. Let now, me give you a tip. What? Yeah, I'm going to give you a tip about excursions. Yeah. Okay. So you like to go on the excursion to see what they're going to show you? Well, actually, not not necessarily. I don't like organized tours personally. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I do: I wait till everybody gets off the ship, have a late breakfast, and then my wife and I. Go to the, uh, the to the dock, yeah. And there's always a cab driver or somebody, yeah. some young man by his car, and we make an arrangement with him. And I'll give you an example. In Dubrovnik, we met a young man. It's in my book. Yeah, we we met a young man. And he said, "Would you like to see where I grew up?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." So we made an arrangement. He drove us not only around Dubrovnik, but he took us to his family home. 
We met his mother. Yeah. And then he said, what's your plan? We said, well, we're going to go back to the ship, but we have time to go out for dinner. And he said, let me show you this restaurant. He took us to the restaurant, picked us up after a beautiful dinner overlooking the Adriatic Sea. How do you beat that? It was a wonderful day. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good idea. It probably doesn't apply in all cases, but um, it's, it's really nice of him to uh, to do it. I've heard that before because some of these countries uh, just want people from another land to meet their families. I heard about that that's in wonderful. Japan and that place in Asia as well. It's uh, it's quite common, but that that's a fabulous experience. It was. Yeah. I haven't been to um, Croatia myself yet. Mm. I'd love to go there one day, and I heard that Split, Split in Croatia is a decent place. It's beautiful. They're all, it's the whole area. Actually, when they opened Eastern Europe in 1989, it's amazing how beautiful Eastern Europe is. Last year, the end part of last year, I was in Kiev in the Ukraine. Oh. Yeah, people thought I was nuts going there, but it doesn't matter. And Kiev is a beautiful city. Great people. The architecture there is unbelievable. And of course, look what's happened to it since, you know, it is very, it is very sad. You know, one thing I think we can agree on, Greg, there are a lot of beautiful places in the world, you know, and we are need to be able to see them. And, uh, uh, we know ourselves that a lot of people don't get the opportunity or don't want to go to foreign lands and see these places, you know, and that, that's our choice, of course, but I'm glad that we do it and have the opportunity to do it. You know, I tell people, you don't have to go across the ocean. I happen to like going across the ocean. Yeah. But you can get on a cruise ship in Miami or Fort Lauderdale and head to the Caribbean and back. You can get on a cruise ship in New York or Boston and go up and see the change of seasons in Montreal, Quebec, and out on uh, the St. Lawrence Seaway. You can fly to the West Coast and get on a cruise ship in San Francisco or Seattle and go to Alaska and back. Or you can get on a cruise ship and just do the West Coast and maybe one stop in Mexico. So you don't have to go very far. And even internally, there are a number of river cruises on the Mississippi, the Columbia River. and But that's not to say you shouldn't explore, but... Some people just don't want to go that far. Yeah. Well, I understand. And, you know, travel, especially by planes lately, has been chaotic. Um, but, but yeah, even going on a cruise ship, just staying local, especially down the Caribbean. I mean, it's not far away. They jump on a ship in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and you're basically in the Caribbean, right? Right, basically. And it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. That, uh, we're on a cruise ship in October. It takes out of uh, Cape Liberty, New Jersey, through Bermuda, down in the Caribbean, back up to Fort Lauderdale. So that should be a neat cruise to go on. So we're looking forward to that. There's a lot to see out there. There, There is, man. There is. And, uh, but, it, you know, cruising is not for everyone. And my book was intended to try and get people to at least consider it as a vacation option. Number one, it's all it, once you're on the ship, it, everything's really given to you. It's, it's a nice way to know. You know what you're going to spend before you even get on the ship. Yeah. And that's nice. Number two, uh, it's kind of easy going. You never need to find your car keys until it's over. <laughs> iPhone car keys, you're right. And once you unpack, you don't have to repack to go to the next hotel and the next hotel. Exactly. So it's, that's nice. And I tell people, you know, start out small. You don't have to 
take 14, 21, or a 30-day cruise. Take a five-day cruise, a four-day cruise, see if you like it. And a lot of people say, well, I get seasick. It's hard to get seasick today because they have stabilized the ships to the point where they've taken most of the movement out of the sea. Not all of it, but most of it. it. And then there's people who say, well, I'd be bored silly. What makes you happy? Not everybody can be happy uh, sitting around, but look, 6 a.m. I'm in the gym, 7.30 I'm in the hot tub, 9 o'clock I'm having breakfast, 10 o'clock I'm at a lecture, noon I'm having lunch, then I watch a movie, then I then I go to another lecture, I sit out on my balcony, have a cocktail, I go to dinner, and how much, how much more do you have to do? <laughs> I know, but... You're, you're that knowledgeable about it, and it is true, and that's a, a decent way to, to chill out for the day. And the cruise ship go out of the way to entertain the passengers. There's always something going on about people like me. Richmond talks, but there's also quiz times. They play games on the deck. There's music playing all over. Yeah. There's always something going on to try and keep the passengers happy. And if you don't like that, you can stay in your cabin. But, you know, and all around the pool is, 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 is decent as well. So, yeah. And think about this. There, assume a couple where the wife is very active and the husband is very sedentary. I write a chapter about easygoing Eddie and his wife, Energetic Eve. Easygoing Eddie sits by the pool with a book in his hand, takes a nap, and his wife runs around and does the Macarena uh, plays trivia pursuit, all the quiz games, <laughs> and then they they get together for a couple of meals a day, and but it's there's something for everybody. There I really know. is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tell me about your book. Well, the book was first of all, I'm not a writer; I'm a storyteller. Yeah, you can probably get the feel for that. And I've always wanted to uh, write a book, but I never knew how. So. A friend of mine on a cruise said to me one day during dinner, he said, you know, why don't you just write like you talk? And I said, well, I'll I'll jot down some stories. And I started to do that. I was very lucky to find a a very professional writer to help me make it even that much better. So I start telling the stories and I'm midway through finishing the book and COVID hit. And I said, Nobody wants to read a book about why you should go on a cruise right now with COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. So I decided to postpone it. And then uh, as we started to realize COVID wasn't going away anytime soon, I changed the theme of the book from come cruise with me to come cruise with me in a post-COVID world. And as a result, I had to take at least a few post-COVID cruises to perfect the, yeah. the story. And I was very fortunate. We flew from uh, home to St. Martin's to get on a cruise a year and a half ago. And then we took another cruise. uh, So we've actually now been on four or five post-COVID cruises. And so I start the book by telling people how it's better and safer than it ever was before. And even a little bit more affordable because they had to drop their prices. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Then the second part of the book is all about the amenities. Let's face it. People go on there to eat, drink, and be entertained. And so we talk the whole middle of the book is about the eating, the drinking, the room size, what room you might like, 
and uh, the entertainment, and then the excursions. Yeah. And then the last section of the book is kind of a challenge to the reader to come make the next step, call a travel agent and start getting some information, go on the internet and see if it isn't for you. And I talk about families. I talk about people like myself. And then some of the people I've met, it's just incredible. And I don't mean just on the ship, even at ports. Yeah. In Monte Carlo, we were at the casino at Monte Carlo, and a guy tried to borrow money from me. He really? said he was going through a divorce. He was waiting to inherit his mother's wealth, uh, and his wife was trying to get his money. And he looked like Omar Sharif. He was wearing a tuxedo, and he tried to hit me up for 400 bucks. <laughs> hey, those are stories. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. There's, there's all different uh... Uh, characters here but i think you know with covid going on when the ship started to come back into action i went on a cruise but the capacity of the ship was uh, just over two thousand, but only let 500 passengers on board yeah and i thought that was a decent thing to do right they, uh, they had enough staff they just wanted to do it gradually and uh it was great actually because it was a fairly large ship and yeah. there was no crowds on it it was wonderful my first, first post-COVID cruise was pretty much like you explained. There were 300 capacity. There were 560 guests. The second one, the one we just came off, which is now fourth or fifth after COVID, yeah. was about 90% capacity. So they've worked their way back slowly to make sure yeah. they have their ducks in order. Yeah. They can't afford a mistake. No, they can't because, uh, you know, there's a lot of competition out there and uh, – you know, it's always if a ship makes a mistake, it's going to be in the newspaper, going oh, to be online for everyone no to read, and in uh, that's good. So, with your obviously book, and if someone wants to uh, find out more about you, even get in contact with you, your website is uh, gregstam.com, G R E G S T A M M dot com. Where else can they find you, Greg? Well, the they can find me at that. If they want law advice, they can find me at gstam at stamlaw.com. But go to gregstam.com. You're better off. They, they also can get the book on Amazon. Just They can yeah. either type in cruise with me, come cruise with me, or my name. Yeah. They can get it at Barnes & Noble. And I got to tell you, Amazon actually has these sales where I noticed somebody bought my book for about $3 recently because it was on sale. <laughs> So it's not a big investment. I, it, it's fun. It, just so you know, the book was not intended to be an encyclopedia on cruising. No. They've been written and they're beautifully done. Yeah. There, there are some very good authors who have taken the size of the ship, uh, the yeah. size of the engines, the thrust and all of that. This is really intended to encourage people to at least consider cruising. Yeah. And yeah, you've got a story to tell. And that's what interests people. I uh, hope for so. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So, big question is, what's your next cruise? Well, we just got back two days ago. So, we don't have another cruise for two months. Oh. <laughs> we leave again that in long? November. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got to come home sometime. Sorry. And, no, we love being home. We actually love coming home. And today is my second day at home. And I got to tell you, I feel really good to be here. Uh, we will go back out in November. We'll fly to Barcelona. Yeah. And in Barcelona, we'll get on a ship that will eventually take us to Miami. Yeah. And then 
because I'm a cruise junkie, when we get to Miami, instead of coming home, I've convinced my wife we're going to take a taxi up to Fort Lauderdale and get on a ship for seven more days that goes to the Caribbean. Not a bit. Because they owe me a cruise. That, From who, COVID. I mean, I had so many. Kids. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I take advantage of what they owe me, too. Well, Barcelona, hopefully, um, if you sail out of Barcelona, you go there a couple of days ahead of the time and see the city. Right? Barcelona is a wonderful city. Yeah. And they are flying us there two days early. Yeah. Okay. And, but, and I shouldn't say this because I, I don't want to be pretentious. I have been to Barcelona a few times and I love it. So yeah. It, and if you're young, you'll even love it more because at night it comes alive. Yeah. Yeah, you're right there. And, uh, of course, it's home of one of the, the best soccer teams on the planet there, of course. So, uh, yeah, indeed. So that's that's going to be your, your next cruise. And, oh, yeah, one more question for you. Have you ever been on a, a probably a segment of or around the world cruise? I have not. And I'm... We were just talking with some people who signed up for one. Uh, they're on the, they were on the ship with us. I, I think it's not for everybody. First of all, it's going to show you the whole world. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I would applaud that. But 140 or 50 days on a cruise ship is a lot. Yeah. And I tell people, why not go 30, get off and stay somewhere and get on a different ship there? They, there's all there's three hundred exactly, yeah. at sea. Yeah. They're, they're all over the world. The ships. There's three hundred at sea at any given time. So why not get to where you want to spend some time, like Australia, yeah. and then get back on a ship that goes to Asia, Asia, and then mm-hmm. spend a little time there if you find mm-hmm. a place, and then you go from there to South Africa, yeah, and then from South Africa back uh, to Europe, and eventually you can come back to the United States. So you can do it a million different ways. Yeah. But for us, uh, most of our trips now average between 14 and 21 days. Yeah. But we've taken in the old days many ships that went seven days. Yeah. Or five, I went on a trip with a friend of mine for five days. Yeah. Well, it was well, a party. Better than nothing. I was tired when I got home. All they did was party for five days. Oh, self-inflicted injury, that is. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> true. When's your next cruise? Um, in October. Um, where, where are you headed? It's just uh, out of uh, Cape Liberty to Bermuda, the ABC Islands, and back down to Fort Lauderdale. Pretty yeah. basic stuff. But it's one of the, the new ships that are sailing on the ocean, so I was honored to be uh, invited on board. I need one next year, though. It's out of Lisbon, Portugal, and it sails up. Uh, through ports in um, Spain, France, which is England, and Scotland before going on to Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, how nice. Yeah, so looking forward to that one. That'll be fun. Yeah, that'll that'll be fun, and uh, looking forward to that. But, you know, the other, you know, cruises come up where I'll consider. But I do like, you know, aside from cruises, I said I've just been, I just traveled to Namibia and spent, you know, a week in the world's oldest desert there. You can't get there on a cruise ship, but that's unbelievable place. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you ever been to Antarctica? No. Uh, I may be on a cruise next year going there, which sails out of, I can't remember the name of town. I have to fly to Buenos Aires and Ushia, Ushaya. Ushaya? Yeah, and it leaves there and circles around um, for about 10 days. 
So I may be on one of the adventure cruises there. Hope to hear something back in the next couple of weeks, whether that materializes. I've just got to have my talks geared around that experience, which it won't be a problem. So uh, that should be should be just fine, you know, and uh, more cruising. But, uh, yeah, Greg, I mean, um, what you're saying is all true to me. And when I first got on a cruise, I was apprehensive. Then I got used to it. So, yeah, I quite like this. And then I understand why people spend a lot more time on cruises because there's something just nice about it. You don't have to stay at home cooking and just you can just relax. Which is basically as the older we get, the more we want to do, right? We just want to mm. chill out more. It's just a wonderful way to relax and enjoy. And uh, you know, even when I was working very hard, I've slowed down. I still work part time, but not much. And it was just a great way to relax and get the batteries recharged, so I could do some good work, yeah, meaningful yeah. work when I got home. Yeah, recharge the batteries exactly. Well, Greg, it's been nice chatting to you and um, get your view on cruising. And uh, I, I expected a lot of what you said, actually, because I've got to like it more and more as the older I get. So it's a good thing. And uh, happy cruising for you in the future and uh, upcoming cruises. You say you got to do uh, you got four books. How many have you got for next year you think you'll do? Well, well next year we have uh, three. One leaves New York, goes to Iceland. Then from Iceland, we go to Southampton. Yeah. I also have one that it goes from, oh, no, I can't even remember where it goes. I take, I booked too many. That's it. That's it. I was going to say, I've got, I've got, so used to cruising. You've got so many books, you can't even remember where you're going. <laughs> well, I know what it is. It goes in the spring. Normally we go from the, from the U.S. to over to Europe because yeah. it's when they reposition. Yeah. The, the one I'm talking about is not until next November. Okay. The, the last one that I have. Yeah. Watched. And you got to book ahead. They're starting to fill them up already. Oh, it's making. I have certain rooms that I care for. Little, you know, you know what you like. And they start to book early. And I do think that the cruise industry is coming back very strong based on the number of bookings. I, I can see why. So hopefully it will continue to increase in popularity to a certain degree. And hopefully there's no other crisis in the world that happens in our foreseeable future, right? Let's hope not. All right. Well, good talking to you, Greg. Thanks That's for being on. And I appreciate all the words of wisdom you gave us today. And, you know, keep in touch, buddy. I enjoyed being on. Thanks, Malcolm. Okay. Good luck. Okay, Greg. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Many thanks for joining me today. This is Malcolm Teasdale signing off. Before I do, please check out my website, MalcolmJTeasdale.com, for more information about my travels around the world. Okay, folks, talk to you later. Bye for now. Stay safe.